Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, everyone. I am here today with Julia Christina. She is the author of Drive Your Own Darn Bus. She has a master's degree in counseling psychology. She is a therapist, a mastermind management coach, a researcher, a speaker, and the creator of the Breakthrough Coaching Program. She helps smart people learn how to be more in charge of their minds and emotions so they can reach their goals, love who they are, and live more fully and freely. Hi, Julia. Thank you for joining me this morning to talk about your book, Drive Your Own Darn Bus. Thank you, Annie, for having me. I am so glad to be here and having this conversation with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I enjoyed reading your book. It has some practical takeaways that I'm starting to use, so I can't wait to share for you to share with everyone what it's about. So if you want to just jump right in and tell us a little bit about your book and what inspired it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what inspired it is I've been doing YouTube videos for a couple of years now, um, regularly, pretty much every, every once a week, I go and uh, record a YouTube video and talk about something to do with understanding how to make being human a little easier and a little better. And so I started doing these YouTube videos, started giving these shorter talks, kind of like 15 to 25 minute talks. And just putting this content out there and teaching people kind of what I was studying, what I was learning, what I was using with my clients as a therapist. And then people, I guess, just started to connect with it. And I tend to be a fairly honest person and cut through BS as much as possible. And it just seemed to be something that people were connecting with and then decided about two years ago that it would be a good idea to put a lot of these concepts into an organized and um, really just uh, condensed, uh, just in a condensed format into a book. So that it was just easier to, act, easier to access. So people could be taking sort of the core of my teachings from those YouTube videos and just having them in a really accessible format and just laid out a bit differently, right? Because my videos cover all kinds of different topics. And so you could literally spend like, hundreds of hours, well, maybe not hundreds, but dozens of hours watching them, which a lot of people really like doing, kind of have it as part of their morning routine or their evening ritual to listen to one of the videos. Um, but this was a way to just make it that much more accessible. So then when a publishing company approached me and said, hey, we want you to write a book, I was like, okay, that is perfect. Because I've been thinking about it for a long time, but I guess just needed that nudge to, to get it all together. Because let me tell you, it was not a small undertaking. I am an optimist, yes. <laughs> sometimes to my detriment. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I kind of just have to take kind of, you know, the main concepts from my videos and yeah. put them together in writing. And it won't be that big of a deal. And it won't take too long. And it won't be too hard. And uh Two years later, two years later of blood, sweat, and tears, the, the, my book, Drive Your Own Darn Bus, is finished and out in the world. So that's why. Well, yeah. And my husband was like, I think it's going to be a bigger undertaking than you think. And I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. 
Well, I love your optimism because <laughs> writing a book is hard work. And well, and I'm an optimist too, but I do realize that there's a lot that goes into it. And mm. I honestly think your book flowed very nicely from one subject to the next. And I wasn't confused at all. I was able to use your exercises and takeaways. And I thought it was very well written. And I wondered, and you know, after you're reading, you're like, oh, this is so simple. But it, I, I was thinking as a writer, that is not simple to organize it all like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think we don't really realize. I mean, that, but, but that is the thing, right? The things that seem the most straightforward or seamless there's a lot of work that yeah. makes that goes into making something seem kind of simple in a lot of cases yes yeah but um but I'm glad I'm so glad it was finally you know it's finally up to the to snuff it's up to the expectation or the standard that I wanted it to be at I you know about nine months and I scrapped the whole thing and mm. rewrote it because wow. I was just like no this this isn't the book this isn't the book that I want to put out in the world yeah. and I just want to really um, I really want to honor and respect people's time that they're going to be spending reading this book by giving them something that they love to read and that changes something for them afterwards, that changes how they think, changes how they feel, changes yeah. how they're showing up in their lives, at their jobs, in their relationships, right? Just changes, just yeah. changes their lives. I mean, I, that's maybe a bit of a lofty goal, but that's what I really wanted. No, I, I think that's great. I, I think this book will change people's lives. I've started to see a little difference in my own habits and what I'm doing and how I look at things, my perspective. So talk about what kind of topics are in this, this book and who it's for. Okay. So I get asked this question a lot, which is really interesting. People say, who is your niche market? Mm -hmm. You know, is it men? Is it women? Is it working moms? You know, is it, you know, um, millennials kind of between that kind of 25 and 35 age range or like, who is this book for and what's their demographic? And it took me a really long time to figure this out because it, I don't have an age or occupation demographic. It's very interesting when you look at my audience, like I also have um, a monthly membership community where people come in and they, I teach and they do it in community and they have um, exercises and, and masterclasses and lessons and everything anyways. And I look at sort of the cross section of people in there and it's men, it's women, it spans over pretty much all occupations. We have people from several countries around the world in there. And it, the age range is from about 25 to 75. Wow. <laughs> right. And so what my audience is, it's not an age demographic. It's not a gender. It's not a, a certain stage in life. What it is, is a, is a personality type. So my work really seems to connect with people who tend to be highly sensitive people. Okay. Highly sensitive, empathic um, people who tend to be really emotion forward, right? So just and 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 um, very yeah, compassionate type of people yeah. um, who tend to have big emotions and tend to be really just like loving, giving, caring people um, and feel things deeply. Yeah. and often get caught in those emotions. It's like the, you know, for better or worse. So being a deep feeler, being a highly sensitive person means you're going to be more sensitive to everything. So we feel joy, I believe, at a deeper level, right? Yeah. We feel happiness at a deeper level. We feel love, like it just sort of consumes our entire being and our whole bodies when we love big. 
But then the, the other side of that is that we also feel things like sadness, right? It feels, it can feel con- all consuming, right? We feel worry a lot of the times in sort of these big over our, or big overcoming ways. And so, you know, it's the, the two sides of the same coin where being, I think being a highly sensitive person, being a deep feeler is, is your superpower. It's this incredible thing. But the flip side of it is it can make being human really challenging sometimes. And so that's a lot of my teaching is around softening the edges on the flip side of being a more highly sensitive person. So how do I keep all of these beautiful things that make me this compassionate and compassionate, empathic, big feeling person? How do I keep all the beautiful parts of that while also not letting the more challenging parts of it take me over or hold me back or get in my way or sabotage my relationships or, you know, like keep me stuck in my life because I get, you know, overwhelmed with those feelings. So that's what this book teaches is really just how to be able to manage your mind, mind and emotions, no matter whoever or whatever is going on so that you can keep living, you know, fully and freely and bigly. And, you know, that's not even a word, but, <laughs> but be able to live your life and create for yourself the life that you want without letting um, sort of these big feelings hold you back. Yes. I, I love your whole mindset and topic about your thoughts and how it just, I don't know if it's control, like you'll, you'll have to talk a little bit more about like controlling your thoughts or, or thinking about things differently. If you could go through that just a little bit. Yeah. I talk, say it's managing your thoughts. Yeah. I have a little bit of like an aversion to the word control because (laughs) right. We can't, we can't always control what thoughts come into our minds and we also can't blame ourselves, right? What we often do. We're like, Oh, why, why can't I just get over this? Or why am I letting this bother me? Or why did I think that thought or, you know what I mean? And so, you know, we, we blame ourselves for our thoughts instead of just understanding that there's a whole slew of reasons why certain thoughts come into our heads and we can't stop that. We can't like stop our negative thoughts or, you know, control our, you know, our, um, self-sabotaging thoughts that are coming into our minds. We can't control it, but we can do is when they do come into our minds, right? We can't control them from never coming in, but when they do come in, we learn how, what to do with them and how to manage them so that we become the director of our thoughts instead of our thoughts directing us. Yes. Right. We come, become the driver of our own buses. Yes. <laughs> and that was sort of, sort of the metaphor behind, behind the title of the book is to become the director of your own life. So learning how to manage your mind, not learning how to control your mind, but learning how to manage your mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's not even about managing your mind fully, And, you know, never having any human moments of getting overtaken with certain thoughts or emotions, or, you know, it's not about never struggling with anything because that's just not possible, but it's about learning how to just at least manage your mind, uh, manage half your mind, right? Like, can you imagine if, you know, half the population of the world was going through the world with a half managed mind? (laughs) how much different the world would be if we had half the human population going through life with a half managed mind how much better the world would be so Mm -hmm. we're just going we're not going for perfect right because we're not perfectionism perfectionism is another thing Mm -hmm. that can be so debilitating and really hold us back so we're not going for perfect Mm -hmm. we're going for better 
right? We're going for kind of just like moving towards halfway. So if I can manage half my mind, you know, <laughs> about half the time or more, <laughs> yes. then I'm going to be doing pretty good in life. I'm going to be exactly. feeling pretty good in life. The other thing you talked about, and you just said that you don't like the word control. It was like an aha moment for me when I read, you aren't in control. There's an illusion of control. And I, for some reason, I just went, what? <laughs> Whoa, really? It, because I try to control as much as I can. So can you talk a little bit about this whole illusion of control? Yeah. Well, I mean, and we do when I first, when I first learned that, like, really, we don't have any real control over anything. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I need to control everything. Yeah. Right. I mean, but we do, we try to control as a protection against vulnerability yeah. because we think that if I can control things, then I don't have to feel anything bad. I don't have to be hurt. I don't have to be disappointed. Yeah. Right? I don't have to feel sad. Right. I don't, it's sort of this, this, this fear of these feelings. So we try to control everything so we don't have to feel them. And so, yeah, it, it, but essentially, you know, as we've learned over the past couple of years, control, it's an illusion. Yeah. There's no such thing as full control, mm -hmm. right? There really is no such thing as it. We can attempt to, and we can try to, but it usually just, and make, like it, it leaves us feeling kind of crazy when we're running around trying to pad the world in rubber so that we never have to get splinters in our toes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, this, this whole idea of control, it, it does, we, we do it because we're trying to alleviate anxiety because yeah. we think if I can have more control, then I don't ever have to feel anxious. I don't have to ever feel worried. I don't have to ever feel vulnerable. Yeah. And so it's this attempt to protect ourselves from anxiety, but what it ends up doing is creating more anxiety yeah. because we get anxious about trying to control everything so that we don't have to have anything happen that's going to make us feel anxious, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, right. It has the just, opposite effect on it, you. If you're like, I right? want to control this and you can't control it. And then you get anxious because you can't control Exactly. It. Or you're trying, you're getting so anxious. You're like, I've got to get all of this in control and I've got to be on top of it all. And like, you know, thinking about everything and anticipating the situation for from every angle and we're like what if I miss something what if I mess it up right and we're like spending so much time trying to figure out how to control everything and we're making ourselves crazy and anxious trying to do it and so then people will say well Julia then what do I do if I can't control my way out of my anxiety then what do I do right and the opposite of anxiety is not control the opposite or I guess not the opposite but the antidote to anxiety is not control the antidote to anxiety is trust. Yeah. Yeah. It's trusting that I will be able to figure it out. Yeah. Trusting that I will be able to be okay. It's trusting that yeah. I am resourceful and resilient. Yes. And I can handle life. Yes. Right. It's this Power. this whole concept that Bandura, when a uh, psychologist, I think he's a psychologist, a psychiatrist, I never know which one they are, yeah. but came up with this concept of self-efficacy right? Self-efficacy is a trust in ourselves that we will be able to handle the challenges of life. Yes. And people who believe that they will be able to handle, they have high self-efficacy, they'll be able to handle the challenges of life, tend to feel less anxious, less worried, and they tend to need to control less. Yes. Because they're like, you know what, like, obviously, I'm going to be intentional and mindful, and I'm going to plan and prepare in a to a reasonable level, yes. but I also know that I can't 
control everything. And I can't prevent any undesirable outcome ever from happening to me. So I do trust that I will be able to handle what life has for me. And so I don't need to get so kind of obsessy about controlling things. Yes, I love that. And I think when I try to control every little detail, and then I'm so anxious about a situation, and then the situation happens and everything was fine, then yeah. I want to train my mind to remember those times where I was really, really anxious, and then everything was fine. So just okay. So just trust, like you said, just trust. In the past, the track record shows. <laughs> got the receipts. You got the receipts. Pull out those receipts and look at them when you're starting to get a little loopy in your brain, right? Like all of us, and not you particularly, but like all of us, right? When your brain starts, and this is what the book teaches, though, how to not yes. let your brain go rogue. Yes. And I, you know, because a lot of us, you, if you'll, if you'll, um, sort of appreciate the metaphor, many of us have like these these border collies for brains right so if you know anything about border collies they are they are um they're, they're sheep herding dogs or cow herding dogs they are very smart they have a lot of energy right and they are meant to be out you know in the pasture in the fields running and like focusing on their job of herding cows sheep or you know maybe even pigs I don't know <laughs> but so many of us we have these border collie dogs as brains but what we've done is we've brought this border collie into a house and we've just sort of left the dog there to fend for itself right and you can imagine this dog that really has a desire and is basically bred to perform this very intentional action being stuck inside a house yeah. with nothing to do without being able to be used like it's supposed to be used and so what's it going to do it's just going to like rampage around the house tearing things up making a mess of things peeing on the carpet like it's it's not it's not it's not being directed yeah. towards how it can exist in its most optimal state yeah. right and that so many of us with our brains is we just sort of let our brains go rogue we're just like well I don't know what the heck is going up and up in there I'm just going to kind of let it do what it does and we just let our thoughts and our feelings just sort of go wild mm -hmm. and we don't actually know that we can direct them right our brains and our emotions they want to be directed towards something helpful yes and so that's our job as getting to in the driver's seat of our own minds and it's like okay brain what is going on right now and how do i need to be directing you to allow you to kind of fulfill your purpose in what you can do like what is possible for you if i give you the right direction if i put you in the right kind of state you are going to thrive but we don't learn this stuff in school, right? Mm -hmm. And so learning what to do when, instead of just when these, you know, self-destructive or negative or self-defeating thoughts come in our brains or these big overwhelming emotions kind of show up and start taking us over, right? We just sort of stand back and are like, well, you know, I guess this is what's going to happen. And I'm just, you know, going to let this, my brain go wild and my emotions go wild. And I'll probably even feed into it by then being like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Why does this always happen? Why can't I, you know, get a handle on things? Why am I failing as a human? Right. And then we, you know, feel even worse <laughs> instead of being like, okay, this is coming up for me right now. Yeah. What do I do with it? Exactly. Right. Actually consciously tuning into our own minds and emotions yes. instead of just letting them go rogue, yes. right. Instead of just letting them sort of be scooped up inside and start tearing things apart. Yes. 
Yeah, and your book teaches us how we can <coughs> manage all of this. And I mean, it's, it's the book is just amazing what what you packed in there. And it's a really a fast read, but it's it's a book I will go back to and reference and do the exercises um, over again because I don't think it's something that I am going to be able to to retain in just one sitting with yeah. this book. It's something, and do you feel that way? Like it's meant to totally. be used over and over again. Yeah, and it, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like in the core concepts there, um, that's what we teach. I teach in the Shift Society, okay. in, my, in my membership community. So we, I teach the core concepts and then people have to practice them, yeah. right? Like, and people are going back over it and people are asking questions, right? Because it is, it once you start to really get it, then it absolutely, it changes your brain, but it's not a one and done, yes. right? It's like, I, I equate it to like going to the gym. You don't just go and do like one workout and you're like, yes, now I am fit and I never have to lift another weight again. It's like, no, you show up and you continue to lift those weight and build those muscles. And then eventually, yeah, like you get stronger and your whole even body will change. If you're lifting weights, you can change your entire body composition by doing that in sort of the right way, yeah. right? And lifting the right weights in the right way, you can change your body. Yes. And so it's the same way with your brain by practicing the right concepts in the right way and going through the steps in, in the right way, then yeah. you can absolutely, our, our brains are, are plastic, right? Neuroplasticity, our brains can, we can actually change our brains. And I see that a lot of people, you know, who have been doing this work and, you know, the book is new, so I don't have the kind of feedback from people that have been practicing the exercises from the book, but people that have been doing the exercises in my membership community and they'll have people show up and be like, oh my gosh, you all, this situation that normally gets such a big reaction about me or the, this, when this person says these kinds of things, I always take it personally, or, you know, these types of social gatherings where I overthink things, or when my partner says stuff that I get so offended by, I didn't. Yeah. I managed my mind around it and it was easy yes. and it didn't get to me. We just had someone post in there how she just went to a, spent kind of several days with family. And we all know how family can also be, you know, it can be fun. <laughs> but it can also be really challenging, right? Spending several days with our family because, you know, all of our kind of old stuff can come up and triggers can get hit and dynamics just, you know, show up. Yeah. And she was like, this was the best time I've ever had with my family and she outlined how she handled different things completely differently than she had before because of the tools that she was learning and how she'd been training her brain over you know the past several months and she's like it was a completely different experience than I've ever had before and it's just it was it was good yeah right? it, that, that's great relationships yeah so talk about this shift society I'm interested in hearing about this membership community yeah, I mean, it's a monthly membership community where, <clears throat> so the core lessons in the book, that ABCBO process, it's taught in, you know, um, in, a, in a core lesson format, like it's, you go into the membership hub, and there's the pre-recorded um, core lessons, and then every three months, a set of masterclasses are released to people. So we have a masterclass series on boundaries. We have one on um, self-esteem. We have one on people pleasing. We have, oh my gosh, we have so many, there's so many masterclasses like that's, but we only release a few every three months so that people don't get overwhelmed. Because again, like the book, 
it's dense and it's one of those things that you go through several times. So again, yeah, we have masterclasses on dealing with self-sabotage, with um, staying and sticking to your goals, on self-compassion. Um, oh my gosh, we have masterclasses on uh, dealing with triggers, right? So all of kind of the big ones, anxiety, um, yeah, I'm just trying to even think creating your future self, like how to just really create the future self that, that you want to in whatever area of your life and kind of breaking down how to do that. And then, so those are the kind of the pre-recorded components that are in your membership portal. And then every week I do a live component. So it's either every two weeks I do a, a Q and a session where anyone in the community can submit a question anonymously. And then I answer it. Um, they're almost like mini masterclasses in and of themselves, those Q and a sessions. Mm -hmm. And then once a month we do a laser coaching session. We call it the hot seat session where people can get live coach group coaching from me in the group. We do it live on zoom. People can submit and then have a, like a live back and forth to kind of work out a specific issue they've been stuck on. And then once a month, we have some kind of special spe session, either another masterclass or a guest speaker or some kind of workshop to really kind of hone in on something that people are, are learning in there. And then we have a Facebook group where people are just actively involved with each other. Like I know there's have been members that have developed really strong, you know, real life relationships. We just had two of our shifters meet up in real life. One of them was in the same state as the other one and they met together and they had a really great time and got to connect because you do, you kind of build these relationships with people. And, you know, it's so nice to not do things alone. Yes. Right. Like one of the, one of the biggest, well, a significant part, I shouldn't say one of the biggest, but one of the, one of the most significant parts to our healing and growth process is seeing that we're not alone. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And cutting through the shame of being like, what's wrong with me? Why do I struggle with this stuff? You know, is there, why am I so, you know, um, you know, why am I so emotionally out of control? Why do I let this kind of stuff get to me? Right. And we just really judge and shame ourselves for our being human essentially, but then being able to see that like other people are struggling with similar stuff. It's not just me. There's not something broken, flawed or weird about me. This is, this is, this is what other like regular people go through yeah. and just cutting through the shame on that level is a whole other experience that you can only have when you're in sort of an intimate group setting where people are being authentic and honest, yes, right? And that, that cuts through so much of it. So that's a really beautiful part of, of doing this instead of just like getting a book or like getting a course and yeah. just like doing it all on your own. But it's also been really interesting. I've heard from a lot of the shifters, that's what we call them, um, in the shift society who've gotten the book. And have been like, yeah, it's really great to have these concepts in writing sort of in this format, this easy to access to just, you know, as like a resource. Yes. And a lot of them said, like, I, of course, I know all these concepts because I've been in the shift society for a while, but it was so good to just have them presented in a bit of a different way. And it just connects with your brain when you hear a similar concept in many different ways, it just makes all that many more connections in your brain and makes it much more, like it changes your brain and then makes it a lot more easy to access when you need it, right? Like yes. when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you're feeling really hurt or when you're feeling really upset or when you're feeling really irritated or annoyed, or you feel really anxious it's like okay I need to get into my brain right now and I need to know what to do and how to handle this so that it doesn't slay me right yeah. or ruin my day or get a big reaction out of me that hurts a relationship or leaves me feeling terrible right like what do I do this is coming up for me right now what do I do and sort of the more um the more kind of connected we are to those parts in our brain 
that allow us to kind of get through this stuff, the easier it is and the faster it is. And then the more automatic it becomes. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I can see that. I, I'm going to pick up that book many times <laughs> and I'm going to check out your shift society too. Cause that does sound, that just sounds wonderful. Like to be part of a Belonging. It's my favorite place on the internet. It is the people there. I just go through every night and I read people's posts. I respond yeah. to people's posts and I check in and oh my gosh, any, the community, they are just so supportive of each other and everyone is just so great and working so hard and yeah, yeah changing their brains and changing their lives. And it's just so cool to see human yeah. beings really just valuing themselves and their lives and kind of the short time that we have on this planet, valuing themselves to be like, you know what I want, I want better, right? There's a certain element of self-respect that yeah. goes into working on our brains, right? <laughs> it's not saying that like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm failing as a human being. It's saying I want better and I deserve that for me. And I'm here for such a short time. I just, I want to feel better. I want to live better. I want to love better. I want to have better. And, you know, there's something really powerful about that. Mm -hmm. And there's yeah. a certain element of self-belief where it's like, I can, I can have that. Yes. Right. And I'm allowed to want that. I'm allowed to have that. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. You want better. You have this one life. Exactly. Yeah. And we do. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not like anti, you know, capitalism by any means, but we often try all these other things to make ourselves feel better. And I'm not saying that like, you know, having going out for a really nice meal, isn't, isn't yeah. a great experience to have, or like yeah. buying a, you know, a fun new winter coat, isn't something that's enjoyable. Right. Yeah. It, these things are right, but it's not going to shift things at a deep fundamental level. Yeah. It's going to give kind of a temporary hit of, of, of excitement or of pleasure, which is good when I mean, we need those things in life as well. But the danger comes in when we think that like something on the outside is going to resolve something on the inside. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That requires the deeper work. It does. It does. Okay. So can we see your book again? You have it there. I do have it here. <laughs> there it is. Cause you have the advanced reader copy. That wasn't the final, uh, yeah, that's such wasn't a the final copy. jacket. That's the book right there. And it's so called driver on no bucks. How bus, sorry, how to get mentally strong and into the driver's streets driver's seat of your own life. I can't even read the title of my own book. No, it's okay. So tell us where we can find it. You can find it kind of anywhere right now. Um, I've had people in India that have, you know, messaged me to say, Hey, I got your book from this book retailer in India. And, oh. um, uh, oh my gosh, someone recently, what European, I think it was in Croatia. They were able to find it. Um, it's just being translated into Portuguese. Oh my gosh. So you can get it. You'll be able to get it in Portuguese in Brazil. Um, a Brazilian wow. pub publishing company is translating into Portuguese. I don't know if it's done yet, but you will be able to get it in Portuguese. So, um, it, but yeah, Amazon in North America, Amazon, Barnes and Noble in Canada, uh, in chapters, Indigo, Pretty much every major book retailer is carrying it right now. So okay. just type in the title, Drive Your Own Darn Bus. I think it's the only book out there with that title. <laughs> um, and you should be able to find it fairly easily. And okay. yeah, you can get started. It's And I hope my goal, Annie, and I, you know, you and I were talking about this and you were saying that it, it was sort of connecting with you in that way, is I want it to be a really easy, enjoyable read that you want to read because you're like, oh, this is kind of fun and it's interesting and it's connecting with me. 
but also really deep at the same time. So it's like, oh, wow, these are kind of pretty mind-blowing concepts that I'm going to go back to. But you almost like, I want people to want to go back to it because it is an enjoyable read. So it's like this kind of really kind of deep book that I tried to write in a really relatable, approachable way. But, you know, these deeper kind of honest concepts around, you know, shame and failure and anxiety and, you know, pain from our past and like really these deeper things that we're all struggling with, or at least, you know, most of us in some capacity at some point and really just like presenting it in a really um, digestible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in a really sort of, uh, yeah, easy to take in kind of way. Um, and yeah, I got that. Like- I got that out of it. And, um, I, I hope whoever's watching or listening to this will go and pick it up. <laughs> it is life changing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I'm so glad that you read it and that you were yeah able to kind of get some shifts from it yes and being human doesn't come with a manual right like we don't know we're like we we have this like the most powerful complex machine on the planet between our two ears (laughs) and it doesn't come with a user guide Mm -hmm. and we're just sort of expected to know how to use it and then blame ourselves when we don't right Yeah. yeah it just seems so backwards it seems so unfair we are so unfair to ourselves as human yeah. Instead yeah. of just being like, okay, how about I get some help? <laughs> and, yes. and like, yeah. don't see that as doing something wrong, seeing that as doing something smart. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. This was a wonderful chat. I really appreciate you talking with me today and sharing your it book with my us. Pleasure. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano, music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time, part of the ACAST community.